Welcome to the Pure Grace Podcast, Becoming Love. Navy G here. So this first season of the podcast is my evolution with my relationship with the divine, spirituality, and becoming love instead of searching for it outside of myself. The episodes are short and sweet. The season is for you if you're a spiritual seeker on the journey of self-love and self-mastery, a parent, a woman who may feel conflicted, young women seeking comfort or mentorship, and anyone who's curious about how I became who I am today. I'm a community builder and leader. I'm a certified coach and yoga instructor. I have a degree in communications as well as dance teacher, fire performer, DJ, entrepreneur, partner, and mother. I have an online community membership, which you can join. And I have two transformational courses. One is Revive Your Essence. The other is Luna Magic Method. My website is nevegrace, N-E-V-E-G-R-A-C-E.com if you want to find out about any of that. And my Facebook page is Free Spirit Creatrix. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Ever Free Spirit, which you're going to hear the birthing of that name and identity in this episode. I'd like to take the moment to thank you. Putting my hands on my heart so you know they're there. I'm honored that you're here now listening and investing time in the show. So I pulled true offering as the card for today. Quote, may I release the fears, illusions, and addictions that keep me from true offering. May I relax into your plan, trusting that the next steps will always be shown. Use me, love. Use me for the highest. I am yours alone. And I chose this card because I see this podcast and my life as a true love offering. So in this episode, I share how I learned to not be love, which is partly why I know how to be love now. And from a very early age, I was obsessed with love, being in love, finding love, exploring love. My main focus unconsciously in life was finding love. It wasn't about my career or wealth or health, just love. I've always been obsessed with love and God and spirituality. I also discover my spirit in new ways in this episode. I hope you enjoy. In the last episode, I mentioned traveling around dancing, and I learned in college all of the partner dances that I knew about the Latin American dances like salsa, Argentine tango, merengue, bachata. I did swing and blues mainly and ballroom. And side note, traveling gives you new perspectives. It requires planning skills. It practices manifestation and it invites spiritual and cultural growth, which opens you to new possibilities. So if you haven't traveled in a long time, even if it's not that far, I I encourage you to go on a little trip. So I texted Ryan because I realized I used his name in the episode and I hadn't asked him. Uh, So before I published it, I was like, oh, I should probably make sure it's okay if I use his name. So I texted him and he responded, quote, you never know, I might become famous. And uh, that just made me smile because we are such kindred spirits. And he actually gave me the inspiration for Ever Free Spirit. 
And this was before I was very free spirit, which I'll share with you some today. So thank you, Ryan, for teaching me also how to ice skate. Uh, Shout out to you, because if I hadn't learned how to ice skate, I wouldn't have made the Liberty University girls hockey team. Yes, I played ice hockey in college and it was really fun. And I scored goals, which is great. (laughs) I actually did it um, with no prior ice skating or hockey experience. Although I did rollerblade and play street hockey. So I guess that that should probably count when I was like, I don't know, 10. Anyway, so Ryan and I started talking. He was not at school, but we started talking again during my senior year. And he went to boot camp. He joined the Navy. He was in boot camp and he wrote me letters. And we decided to meet up between boot camp and his next training, which was going to be for the ceremonial guard. They do the ceremonies at Arlington Cemetery. Anyway, so he and I met up and we decided to elope. And this is while I was, I hadn't even graduated college yet. I was still in my senior year and we didn't tell anyone. So we got married. And I, this is one of the times, like, if you know me, I'm not really that great at keeping secrets. Uh, this is one of the few times I actually kept a secret for a while. Yeah. And my mom said not to ever run off and get married, which, you know, then I went and did that exact thing. A little bit of a rebel myself. I am. Yes, I am. So anyway, note to young people, if you're listening to this, my advice is for you to wait until you're 25 and your brain's done developing before you get married, because you are most likely change some between 21 years old and 25 years old. I definitely did. You probably will if you're young. So my that's my general advice. The other thing, which I'll just throw in since I'm giving advice, is to date someone for two years. You know, sometimes that doesn't work out, but minimum of two years before getting married is generally what I advise people to do based on my experience, which is vast and full of hardships, <laughs> which I'll share more. So I was thinking about life cycles in for numbers for the number seven. So like zero to seven, you know, seven to 14, 14 to 21, 21 to 28, 28 to 35. I'm 35 now. So I was thinking about uh, life cycles and zero to seven for me was totally girly. All I wanted to wear was dresses, purple, pink, laces, you name it. Uh, And then seven to 14, I was a complete tomboy. I refused to wear pink. I'm still not a huge fan of wearing pink. And I would only wear, you know, shorts or jeans, you know, no skirts, no dresses, uh, just hanging out with the neighborhood boys, you know, rollerblading, skateboarding, playing sports, playing football, you know, just very tomboy. And then 14 to 21, I started to find a balance, you know, between my masculine energy and my feminine energy. And, you know, this was kind of the time that we were talking about is this 21. That's about how old I was, right? I had just turned 22 when I graduated, but it was about 21. That was the end of this cycle. And a lot of the things I'm going to mention kind of kicked off in that year of me turning 21, which I just find fascinating. And I invite you to think about your life cycles uh, in seven and see if there's any, any synchronicities or anything that is like, oh, huh, that's interesting. Um, because it's a new concept to me is thinking about life cycles of seven. And I got that from my son's school, which is a Waldorf school. 
And it's interesting because I feel that kind of intense shifting of energy this year as well. And it's again in divisible by seven, right? We're in 35. So anyway, I think that if I, as a child, had been given the choice to change my gender, I would have changed it. (laughs) I think that I would have been a girl zero to seven. And then I think I would have been a boy seven to 14 and then 14 to 21. I probably would have been even more confused um, if I'd actually changed my gender. Um, All this to say is I'm really glad that I wasn't given the option to change my gender again before 25. If if you ask me, like, I don't think society is going to do this, but I would advise, you know, no drinking, uh, you know, no um, marijuana, no getting married, (laughs) like no um, changing genders, nothing, nothing until 25, because that's when your brain actually like finishes becoming you. Uh, And you can actually, you know, make good decisions for yourself that you don't regret. That would be my advice. I mean, you know, that's not what's going on. But I think that if I've been given that option, I probably would have decided to be a boy. Um, And then I would probably wouldn't be doing this episode, which is interesting to think about. But spiritually, this is what I believe. We all have masculine energy and we all have feminine energy and they dance within us. And there's a different balance for some people than others. There's a different balance from some days to others. And as you see with my life cycles, there's a different balance in years. Um, So I have the belief that a lot of big decisions probably shouldn't be made before 25. And you can join the military when you're 18, 17, I guess 18. Um, And that's a pretty huge life decision. And it generally, I've seen it really help people and I've also seen it destroy people. So that's a, that just depends on your personality, I think, and what you make of that experience. Anyway, I wasn't going to talk about any of that. So back to my story, when I was in high school and while I was in college, I was doing yoga with my mom. And I remember my, oh my gosh, I was 16, 17. I have been doing yoga for almost 20 years. That's so insane. <sighs> I'm so young. Anyway, it it was, I remember being in this class with like one arm up in the air and the other arm down. And I'm like leaning over my leg, like standing in this pose, like what the heck is this doing for me? Like, how is this helping me or healthy in any way? And how long do I have to stay here? Um, and then at the end of the class, we all went to sleep, which was mind-boggling and it became my favorite pose. So I had an amazing first yoga teacher who really knew her alignment and she made the poser, the poses and the postures very silly. Um, I loved balance, uh, the arm balances, just tree pose, dance, what, any of the balancing stuff because I was naturally very balanced. I was not flexible or strong when I started, right? So I was continuing to do yoga uh, through college and I really got into yoga for the stretching because I was playing lots of sports. So in college to graduate, I needed to do an internship. So I had one of my dancer friends said, oh, my brother does, um, he hires interns. Like he teaches, he does internships and teaches them stuff about being an entrepreneur. And I was like, whoa, that sounds interesting. So I started working for an altruistic entrepreneur in Tyson's Corner. 
And after the internship, I just continued to work for him for about a year, maybe nine months, maybe it was a year. And we we went to New York. I did interviewed people. He signed me up for all kinds of courses. I took a protocol etiquette course. I took a social media expert course. I took some trainings on being a PM. He introduced me to a lot of new things, perspectives, and experiences. And I'm very grateful for that. He made me do a weekend of Landmark. If you know what Landmark is, well, then you know what it is. But if you don't know what it is, it's basically a weekend where they're trying to teach you that you are not your thoughts. So he also had me read The Power of Now. And that was just the concept of like, you're not what you're thinking. Like what you're thinking isn't actually your spirit. It's your mind based on the past and conditioning. That was, I wasn't, he knew. And he was really hoping to help me to free me from my mind. Uh, I wasn't quite ready and it was coming. So he planted the seeds in my awareness that would grow and blossom later. He also taught me about the chakras. I remember he took a break from work once and it was like a 45 minute CD. I think he gave it to me actually. And you sit there and you chant the chakra names and open your chakras. And I had, I did feel energy moving through my body and stuff shifting. And I thought that was pretty cool. And he also uh, kind of showed me what Reiki was and the energy in my hands. And he talked about Dharma and karma and soul connections and power and influence as energy and all kinds of things that I definitely was not exposed to prior to that. And one time I said something about Christianity or God or sin, or I, I made some Christian comment, Christian girl comment. And he said, you still believe in that? He was like, don't worry. You won't always believe in all that. Your, your pr- perspective will shift. And I remember thinking, oh, how dare you? Like, I'm a good Christian girl. <laughs> I definitely, he was right. And his parents were from India and they lived in Queens. And I believe that that's one of the first times I was really getting to know someone who had multiple cultures, grew up with multiple cultures, which was pretty cool. We stopped by their house once when we were in New York City for a trip, work trip. And I remember seeing all the gods and goddesses on the altar and I was drawn in and I recall staring at them in wonder and their colors and the tools they're holding and their facial expressions and just being like, wow, what is this? Like, I don't really remember what I thought exactly. I think I re- wonder is the word that's coming to me is just kind of like wondering and in wonder. Um, very curious. Uh, so I remember that in college I had learned, I had taken like a religions class, religions class and they said, Hinduism is polytheistic. It is not for the record. I'm not a Hindu, but I'm pretty sure it would fall under monotheistic. Anyway, it was kind of, it was just a really vivid, it's a vivid experience in my memory of looking at all these deities on the altar. So my awareness of creative energy and intuition increased with me experimenting with psychedelics. I also smoked this stuff called spice, which was fake cannabis. A friend used, he used to do that because he had drug tests. So I got into it and it was 
highly addictive. Um, and this was before marijuana was legal, right? So weed is much safer than that stuff was. People went schizophrenic and died from this fake pot stuff. Like it was bad. It was really bad. Um, it was scary. Uh, and, and it was, I think from what people say, like heroin or something where, you know, as soon as you're not high, you're like fiending for it. So I definitely know what that feels like. And uh, this, I remember really, it was probably 2009 when that was a thing, 2009 and 2010. But unfortunately, I really don't have a lot of clear memories from these days because I was using this stuff. Thankfully, it's illegal now, but marijuana is much safer than whatever that stuff was. Horrible. So during this time, I didn't realize, I still haven't figured out that I'm manipulating men or being manipulated, that I don't have good boundaries. You know, I'm lying to my husband kind of about partying and stuff and feeling horrible. I'm definitely a little bit narcissistic. I would say I was a little, little leaning into that a little bit too far. (laughs) I was partying, right? Not, I wasn't okay with myself. uh, And I was searching for those good feelings outside of myself. Right. And I don't even, I don't think I really grew up particularly with great boundaries or great communication skills. So you know, I have, you know, these things going on. Plus, I don't know, I'm finally not sheltered. So that's probably why I went a little like, Ooh, I'm gonna try it all. Um, and I'm smoking this spice stuff. So it's like, I don't really, everything's kind of blurry in my mind. So interesting to think back on those days. Um, I will say about psychedelics, they, at least for me and specifically LSD, like opened a door in my mind that was helpful for me to see energy in everything. Like I could see energy everywhere. Everything is energy. And that was pretty like life-changing for me. I was like, wow, the world, like the universe is way more expansive than what our eyes are interpreting most of the time. I remember I pulled the colors out of the rainbow once there's a rainbow uh, while I was stripping and I pulled the individual colors out, which was pretty cool. I also discovered the art of poi, which is the dancing with fire from the festival scene, which I really appreciate because I love dancing with fire so much. It's such a fun thing to do. I also learned once while tripping that it's possible to have just a really deep connection with someone and be looking in their eyes and, you know, not be doing anything sexual and have an orgasm. Like that was really cool too. And that kind of, you know, that planted seeds about, uh, connection, relationship, sexuality, like energy, like it just kind of, that was a very unique experience. I mean, we were, closed. <laughs> it wasn't like anything was happening. We were just looking at each other's eyes and then I orgasmed and I was like, wow, if that's possible, whoa. Um, and then what's with this eye staring thing? Cause that was pretty, that was pretty deep. So I, through all of this got very anxious. I, I a lot of anxiety. I started to have, the world was so vast. I had so many fears. I was destroying my marriage Um, and this is basically like the first dark night of the soul. So Ryan 
and I eventually split. We get divorced and I'm still on that crazy spice stuff. And of course my friends, I didn't have great friends. I felt lost. I felt unsupported. I, I felt separated from my loving close family, mostly because of getting divorced. And that's like your number one. You don't ever do that. Um, and um, of course we did that. Uh, so I kind of turned back to like, I wanted to find myself and the things that I love after the divorce. So I started dancing again and going to yoga. And I remember my mother asking me if I wanted to do a yoga teacher training. This was, you know, maybe a year or two later. And I said, yeah, I, I think I would. Even though when my teacher had asked me, I don't know, five years before, if I had ever considered doing yoga, I was like, heck no, <laughs> stuff is weird. You know, it's getting in all these postures. But now because of the different influences and exposure to new things, I was very curious about yoga and energy and spirituality and even, you know, Hinduism deities. Like I had all these curiosities now. So I will start the next episode with yoga teacher training, which was life-changing. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode and it really touched your heart in some way. Energy is real and you are not your mind and you are not your thoughts. So I think that those are some of the themes, some of the things that got planted in here and um, that, and we change, right. I was very like Christian. I was what I was brought up to be like what I was conditioned to be was, a Christian, you know, Christian homeschooler, you know, I did all the right things and I got married to my Christian partner and probably would have stayed married and had babies maybe if I, you know, hadn't been so sheltered and went a little bit in the other direction. So it's a time when you're in your early twenties that my advice would be to really get to know yourself and love yourself. And what happens is things that you start doing in those early twenties affect the next but they, they affect your future more than you think that they're going to. And decisions that you make during that time, you know, really do put you on a certain course. And I don't feel like a lot of people are told like, Hey, by the way, <laughs> it's not just about going to college and getting a job, which is true, but like, you also need to figure out who you are and what your values are and what you like, and not necessarily what you were raised with or um, what your family is like, you might have your own values that are different, or you might be into different things. And it was a little bit rocky <laughs> for me discovering some of these, some of these things. Like my world went from so small and sheltered to like so vast and expansive that it was a little bit rocky. And that's probably why I did some of the things that I did. So I hope you enjoyed this, like I said, and I will see you soon. It looks like our time has come to an end So until we meet again